What's possible if you let go of the shoulds, right wrongs, and supposed tos? What could you create? Who would you get to be? And what would you experience as a leader, parent, colleague, or whatever hat you're wearing? What qualities would you bring to the space? This podcast will invite and empower you to step over the idea of waiting for tomorrow or for someday and begin today of foraging hand in hand with your fear, your first bold leaps towards the life, team, or business that truly fills you up and inspires you. Hi, I'm your host, Rebecca Zimmerman, executive life and leadership coach and recovering perfectionist. If you believe it's time to step out of the rat race and into your own success on your own terms, you're in the right place. Welcome to Trailblazing Growth. Welcome back. Today's episode is a conversation I have with a woman who reminded me that entrepreneurship is really an expression of creativity. And she was able to generate her company coming from this place, and her company was born from her own lived experiences. So today I speak with Pamela Worth, who is the founder of Hello Health, and this company was born from her experiences of some pretty scary stuff in life. So before I tell you about that, let me tell you about Pamela. Pamela is a hockey mom, lifelong learner, Carnegie Mellon trained MBA, former public company executive, management consultant, author and health enthusiast, and she founded Hello Health with doctor-formulated supplements following a neurodiversity diagnosis of her son and is dedicated to nutrition, education, and building a network to help heal more people, particularly those with neurodiversity, autoimmune, and autism syndromes. Pamela enjoys health and wellness, traveling and helping others, specifically enabling people to feel better from the inside out. She combined these passions along with her experiences while living in Europe and Asia with U.S. doctors and other families to write her first book called Hello Health and her second and soon to be published book called Saving My Son. Pamela's consulting life experiences and attention to detail allowed her to work with a number of people and companies with a passion for helping others. Without further ado, welcome Pamela Worth. Thank you for agreeing to come on. So tell me about like your journey. What got you to the place of, I know your son is connected to it. And I think that it's just a really cool place to start as to where you were in life and how your journey of where you are now. Oh gosh, how far back do you want to go? When I was little, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And then I used to get made fun of by the other little girls. They were like, what is that? What are you talking about? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Having grown up in a family where it's a way to express creativity and a different way of, of making a living. And, but it also, you learn at an early age, the types of stress that will come with entrepreneurship. And then you start to understand, you know, what parts of stress in your life you want, you don't want. And one of the things that was always instilled in me though, was the importance of going and working for big companies early. So then you can develop that structure and process and learning because there are some things from well-oiled machines in big companies that can apply to entrepreneurship. Or if you have the discipline, you can 
bring into your life early. And then it kind of helps set you up for an earlier or easier journey kind of down the line. So first female on either side of my family to ever go to college. That was kind of a cool thing. And then worked for a large company, which allowed me to transfer to Singapore. So I got to live there for a year. And then I came back to the States and then got my graduate degree on the East Coast, which was cool and did management consulting back there. So then I got to work with a even more wide variety of companies, which I thought was a really neat experience. But living out of a suitcase four or five days a week is tough. So decided to stop that type of journey and go and work for hospitality and a real estate company. And what was funny was I always knew that I wanted to start companies and do this stuff, but I just didn't have any ideas. And I just kept racking my brain, like, where's the idea? Where's the idea? And you just got to patient with yourself and understand it'll come when it comes. Cause now I have so many ideas. I don't know what to do with them all. So that's kind of the, the hard part is kind of quieting parts of your brain that are now on overdrive, but things kind of come to us if, and when we're ready to receive them. And so that's kind of been a, an interesting journey for me as, as a control freak, always being willing to just stop for a minute and be patient. So as you're going through these interesting journeys in life, I don't think I've found one yet that is permanent. So it's just being open to what types of things you're wanting to learn and experience as you go along. I think it's important. This latest journey I'm on is I started a supplement company. Well, I wrote a book first, and then I wrote another book. And then I started a supplement company with the idea that my son had been misdiagnosed autistic, and I was told I have to take care of him the rest of his life. And I was like, that just doesn't feel right. So then went to a lot of different doctors and finally found one that said, hey, let's pull some blood and find out what's going on inside. And which actually resonated with me because I'm a problem solver and I like to know the why behind things. And thankfully, you know, this doctor taught me how to make supplements at home, taught me how to navigate and understand how to continually test and retest and understand that we're on the right path. And we got rid of gluten, got rid of sugar, and he's fine now. You know, it's over a decade later and he's good to go. So, you know, just being open and, you know, it's funny too. Like I just, so many people get caught up in, you know, they've talked to the expert and the expert says, and having that self-confidence is really, really, really hard. And I, I can't say I was ever very good at it until I came into this situation where I was like, ride or die, but trust yourself. Cause I mean, you, you've spent so many years on the earth, you can't be totally incapable of doing things. And so being willing to question what's going on and continue to follow what's in your heart, I think is really important. So. I love that. And I would imagine the part about where you said you you found the doctor and he said, we're going to pull and you had to go home and make supplements. Like what was that experience like where you were instructed as somebody who I'm presuming knew nothing about how to make a supplement. And you're like, I'm a mom and this is my son. It's kind of that ride or die mentality. Like what was that like? We had hit such a wall that I was open to doing anything. And if it made the least bit of sense and didn't seem harmful, I was all on board. So the stuff that he was having me do was basically prebiotics, probiotics, D3, methylfolate, doing a lot with different types of plants like frankincense, turmeric, cinnamon, olive leaf extract, oregano, all these things that are, you know, plant-based. And a lot of people said that doesn't sound very safe at all. And the more that I did research on it and pretty common in Europe and in Australia to use a lot of these plant-based therapies and homeopathy to kind of get to the root of things. It's good. It's good. I'm really yeah. excited. That's why I've been trying to, you know, share this as much as I can. Absolutely. Because you said he's fine now. So what does that mean? Like what does fine look like in the life of your son? Yeah, a perfectly annoying teenager. So you know, <laughs> 
uh, straight A students, elite athlete, uh, driving. Today we were driving and I told him to slow down and he and I got in this huge argument. I mean, it's just the normal stuff, right? Yeah. Not the diagnosis of I have an autistic child and I have to take care of him for the rest of my life and his life, right? Yeah. No, he's fine. And so that moment where, like, what happened first? Because you have the health supplement company and it was born from your experience, but was it born during the experience? No, it was after. Okay. So once he was fine, I think I had this period of PTSD and then I didn't really know what to do next. And then I felt, and then I had like this weird dilemma of, gosh, I kind of feel like I'm really lucky. And I used to swear to the higher power, help my kid and I'll help humanity. And I was like, shoot, I got to make good on this. So I wrote the book and that didn't feel like enough. And then I started the stuff in my company and, and then I rewrote the book and republished it. And now it finally feels like I've done enough. And now I just need to continue to grow. And I feel like I've created the foundation that I just need to continually grow and, and expand and the next thing that I want to do with this is create this integrative health community and marketplace, almost like a private Facebook group meets a LinkedIn for integrative health and wellness, because I used to lean really hard into these confidential Facebook groups, which is incredibly scary and dangerous with all the data I put out there now in retrospect. But I, I you know, I, I didn't want to feel alone. I didn't know where to go. And then um, there's a lot of doctors that want to treat the root but there's a lot of fear for them around portraying themselves as integrative or functional because it's still kind of gray for a lot of these practitioners and, and it's not widely accepted. And folks don't even necessarily know which word to look for or why. And so there's so much education that needs to go on all over the place in terms of health and wellness and medicine and bringing a lot of these modalities together. It's uh, going to be a really interesting journey and one that I think we'll see continue to change over the next 10, 20, 30 years. And as you're navigating, you said you like you had PTSD, like your son became fine. You had the PTSD, then Hello Health was born. How did all of those things commingle, especially the PTSD and people are saying that, oh, I don't know if this would work. And then it does work. How did you balance all of those or integrate all of those into kind of who you are now? Yeah, it felt really, really overwhelming, but I've dealt with really overwhelming experiences throughout my life. And so, and I still remember when I was younger, um, my dad would always say, Hey, you know, that's just one thing, put it in a shoebox and put it in your closet. I mean, the imaginary shoebox in the imaginary closet, right? And when you're ready to work on it, bring it out and work on it and put it back away again. But if you can, if you can allow yourself not to dwell on any one thing for too long, otherwise you're just going to go crazy. It's better for you. And and you can't work on one thing all the time anyway. There's too many other things to do and just don't get sucked down that rabbit hole. So yeah. What I hear in that is the dread and worry leading up to something or the dread and worry is so much worse than mm -hmm. actually putting yourself out there. It's like when you put yourself out there, that's what courage got you there, but dread and worry will keep you away from it. And so it's like, oh, if you step yeah. into that courage, then what I hear you say is then that's where like the confidence came and the skills came and the results came. And then it almost let everything else kind of fall away. That's what I heard. Yeah. I had a lot of fear around starting all this. Like, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> you don't know anything about this. And then I would talk to other people and they'd say, well, you know, you actually know quite a bit more than you give yourself credit for. And, you know, your partner was some pretty incredible doctors. So that's, you need to give yourself credit for that. And, you know, you're able to lean on people you don't know the information for. So give yourself credit for that too. And so then you kind of like, okay, well, you know, let's just put one foot in front of the other and see how far we get here. And it's kind of where we're at now. Yeah. 
And like the fear of like, I don't know what I'm doing. It sounds like you really leaned into resources and you leaned into trustworthy resources because there's so many people that it's easy to, at least for me, it's easy for me to be like, man, what do, what do they think? This like random person over there or this person who typically is unsafe to receive feedback from, or maybe it's more critical, or maybe they only give constructive criticism versus empowering inspiration. And it's so easy to kind of dip into that and ask for their opinion and then like absorb what they're actually projecting. That's what I see is when people are providing their opinion, it's just like a projection of their own insecurities or their projection of their own growth. Yeah. And like anything in life, it's really hard to take someone else's feedback and then look at it objectively and say, is this helpful or not helpful? And if it's helpful, great. Take that piece out, even if there's some harmful language in that and just, you know, take that and keep on going. And if it's not helpful, you've just got to, you've got to mentally just push it aside. It's just, it's not worthwhile. It's just negative energy is going to drag you down. Yeah. And so with your company now, like in the, in the place that it's, that it is and the status that it is, what's your mindset like now, like in raw vulnerability of, do you still have those like, Oh, hello, old friends. Like you're showing up again of, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, and you have to dip into that support section. Yeah. You know, I think not necessarily what was the harder thing for me is, and I don't know if you ever fell into this, but the old fake it till you make it. I feel like so much of our twenties and thirties was fake it till you make it. And now in my forties, I'm like, I think it's okay to say, I don't know, but I'm going to go find yes. out and being okay with saying, I don't know. And having the confidence to look at somebody in the eye and say, I don't know, but I'll find out. That's where I'm at now, which feels really empowering and calming. All right, I'm quickly jumping in to speak directly to that ambitious woman who is hustling. You are ambitious. You are driven. You know how to get shit done. You are fueled by your work. And you also know the underbelly of that drive and of that ambition all too well as you've been in the place of exhaustion, of burnout of not enjoying life, of your nose is to the grindstone, and your personal relationships are left with the breadcrumbs. You are everything to everyone except for yourself, and you don't have any white space in your calendar. Yet, you want more, and you want to rest, and you want to enjoy life without stressing and overthinking, and you don't want to lose what you've worked so hard creating. I get it. I was there, which is why it's my mission to help ambitious women step into their brilliance, work less, not lose what they've created, and enjoy life. Easier said than done, which is why I've created a group coaching mastermind with women just like you. My Heal the Bullshit Hustle Mastermind is for the ambitious woman. It's one sisterhood, two coaches, and real transformative conversations with other ambitious women just like you. We begin in April. If this is for you and you want to learn more, then let's chat. Click the link in the show notes. All right, back to the show. Yeah. And I even remember being that leader who told my employees and my people that were following me of like, fake it till you make it, because that was where I was at in my journey. Mm -hmm. And so I remember giving that kind of like advice. That's how I know that I'm on this growth journey. Cause I look back and I keep like, Oh, it's cringe, but you know, it's just, but I too see that fake it till you make it. It's just such a common theme, common phrase that people adopt. and it comes from a place of, I don't know what I'm doing, but then it's still pushing through. Like I get the 
pushing through to build the confidence, but I too am in this, hey, I can actually say I don't know. And I can still be at peace with where I'm at and what actually might show up in the other person. Like I trust myself enough that I can be in this conversation, not knowing and trusting the impact I might have. Yeah. And you know, that part of me now wishes I could go back and just say, it's okay. You know, just communicate and ask the questions and show that you're confident enough to ask the the right questions. And even if there's some wrong questions too, but generally speaking, when you're uncomfortable with some of these uh, thoughts and experiences, just pushing through is not necessarily the right thing. You may have just totally blown past something that could have been corrected or there's a reason why you're paused. And so why not be able to verbally express that pause? Yeah. And it's almost like the relationship with authority, like being the authority or being the expert and confusing being the expert or being the authority with perfection. It's like, oh, I have to fake it till I make it because experts or people of authority don't make mistakes. And mm-hmm. so it's like putting this on the pedestal and then seeing, I don't have to fake it till I make it. I can ask questions. I can be vulnerable, which mm-hmm. is coming from a different place than perfection. That's been my kind of shifting movement of my mindset of, oh, this is how perfection shows up for me. This is the fake it till you make it is kind of the action that I would take to bolster the idea that an expert is perfect, but doctors, they call it a practice. They don't call it a perfection. But it can be very difficult to find a practitioner that's open to saying, I was very, very lucky. I just kept seeing doctor after doctor trying to make sure that I too was making sure that I was, I was confident. And was really interesting with one of the, can't even say it without stuttering because it's such a difficult word for me, but immunologists, he was blown away by the fact that we were following the lead of the lead neurologist. And he said, you know, I've I've never gone down and used this protocol before. And he goes, but you know, if you're confident in this doctor and I said, yeah, I am. And then a couple of years later, he reached out and said, Hey, I've never seen results like that before. Can I get a copy of what we did? (laughs) (laughs) So I gave him the copy and hopefully he's helping much of other kids now, but yeah. Well, and it's just really cool that he was a kind of like a bystander of you just owning your confidence, you know, Mm -hmm. and like you leaning into your passion and you leaning into your intuition of, Hey, I really want to do this. And I want to scale this so I can help as many people as possible. So with your life now, you've written a book, you've started this company. You said you have so many ideas that you don't even know what to do with. Like what is next for you? Great question. So for now, I'm just going to continue building out Hello Health supplements and the integrative health community and marketplace. That's just really important to me to continue to do that. And and I've, I've got a plan for the next eight or nine years on how to do that. So that's kind of a... I love that. It's not immediate. And so many people have it in their head that it has to be immediate. And if you don't do it in the first six months, or if you don't do it in the first year, then all of a sudden it means it's some sort of failure but I love how you have a plan that's mapped out for eight years. Yeah. Well, the problem is if you try and do it too quickly, you run out of cash and it fails. So (laughs) building a company is not easy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I also would imagine if you do it at a speed that like creates internal discomfort, that like there's that energy loop that you keep cycling through. And at least for me, it's like those old outdated belief systems of like all those fears of you don't know what you're doing, the fear of, 
am I being too much for people? Like whatever it is that like will pop up because I get into that energy loop. Do you have that same experience or? I do. Um, sometimes I find it to be really positive and sometimes I find it to be more of a nervous energy. And thankfully, as I've gotten older, I can tell the difference between the two. And I'm able to manage the nervous energy now better because I've gotten myself into better self-care. <laughs> and if you can't take care of yourself, then you know your body and your mind are going to take you in directions you really don't want to go. And so and and we all have different ways of of self-care. And for me, it's really important for me to get up in the morning and exercise. Um, I still love having a little bit of quiet time in the morning with a cup or two of coffee. Of course, now that we have a puppy, the puppy likes to be in my lap and get pets while I'm drinking my coffee. So it makes it more difficult to just randomly mindlessly cruise the internet while I'm just checking. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Although the puppy provides a lot of enjoyment and love for me. So I, there's nobody that loves you more than your dog. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, you know, I do enjoy connecting with people and eating. I love food. Mm Mm-hmm travel when I can, you know, just trying to plan things that are enjoyable regularly, which actually takes quite a bit of work. Yeah. I find that I have to plan that stuff out, which seems contradictory, but, um, I have to do some of that. It works though. It sounds like it's working without any judgment around it. It's like, Hey, like I have to plan for enjoyment in my life. And like right now it's working. So, so many people don't even plan for enjoyment in their life. They're just stuck into the, Oh, I accomplished this thing oh, it was by luck and they kind of water down their accomplishments that they never celebrate or they just don't enjoy life. They're stuck in the grind. They're stuck in the hustle. And so I think that's really commendable that you're intentional with enjoyment. Yes. Although the funny part is last Friday night, I went out with a couple of moms I know. And so we were going to go to this comedy show. Well, first went to dinner and then we're going to go to this comedy show. And it was like some no namer, blah, blah, blah. So we were like, oh, should we get tickets ahead of time? No, no, it's never... Anyway, we have a lovely dinner together and then we get there and of course the show is sold out and being the, you know, if it was 20 years earlier, we probably would have gone out, but we were going to be too tired to wait for the 945 show. So we're like, okay, that's for going home now. Yes. I, I don't know when the last time I saw a movie at 945, but I'm typically in bed at like 830. Going back to kind of what you started with of kind of where we are now of when you were a kid, you said entrepreneurship as a, an expression of creativity. How do you see that in practice with your business today? I love being able to envision what to do and then seeking out resources to make it happen. Nice. And so for me, that's being um, is envisioning what this looks like. Um, and I do it with others too. I'm also a consultant. And so I work with business owners and operators and helping them either optimize their operations or scale their operations. For me, that's actually fun for me. I enjoy that stuff. I love that. I love that. And we also talked about like the types of stress. There's different types of stress that come with it. And we talked about like the PTSD. When you're being that consultant for those other businesses, is that ever anything that you see show up with, with them as well? No, it's always different. I'm much more confident with them, which is funny. And so I'm constantly giving myself the self-talk of like, look, yeah, you're the client. What are you telling yourself right now? <laughs> yeah. And does that work? Kind of the pep talk, but is this before you walk in? No, I, like I, I do it several times a day still, you know, I'm still, you know, there's constantly things that need to be changed and evolved and optimized. And so it, uh, yeah. I call it clearing. I do the same thing. So I clear every morning my, like my old crappy belief systems of, of the stuff that's really easy to cycle through and, 
like generate a stand for the day. Like, who do I want to be despite all this, the circumstances that might show up that are unforeseeable. And then I do it throughout the day too. It's like, I want, it's, it's interesting depending on the circumstances, how fast the, the stand fades, like how fast it fades of like who I'm committed to being that day. And I clear several times a day too. I, I also do that. Awesome. Kind of the mindset hack. Well, thank you so much for this. And, you know, I know this was a quick call, but I just, I love the exploration that you gave and I love the journey of your, you had this thing happen in your life and then you kind of healed, it sounds like for a little bit. And then you used that journey to generate a business and how you said like tap into when you're ready to receive something, you will and be patient. And I think so many people are so used to Amazon delivering in two hours that they want all the ideas to come and then they want to execute immediately. So I like that share that you're providing. I just wish I could go back to myself in my 20s and shake her, but that's okay. What would you tell her if you could shake her? What would you tell her? Calm down. It's all going to be fine. Find that patience. Accept those journeys that seem kind of scary and don't always go with status quo and being different okay. It's what I, you know, mm-hmm. tell my kids now. You don't necessarily want to be the same as the next person. So. Mm-hmm. so many people have like a fear of standing out. I've learned like a fear of standing out because what will that mean? And entrepreneurship is standing out. Being a leader is standing out. <laughs> like there I am, the pink flamingo doing something different. But I really believe being unconventional is what changes the world. And mm-hmm. being unconventional is what changes communities. Being unconventional is what changes your own life. And that's what I see here as a doctor teaching you how to do supplements. And at the time it was really unconventional and like, you're changing, you're changing the talk, you're changing the dynamics. Yeah. My hope is that it makes positive impact on community health as a whole. So that's the, that's the big one. That's the big goal. Yeah. That's the mission. (laughs) I love that. Well, thank you so much. If you'd like to connect, send me an email to coach at trailblazersgrowth.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at trailblazersgrowth. Finally, make sure to check out my website, trailblazersgrowth.com for all details about individual coaching and upcoming group programs. See you next time.